Are clouds just God's vape smoke? Were turkey dinosaurs made from turkey or dinosaurs? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Welcome everyone to This Paranormal Life, the number one comedy paranormal podcast in this dimension, uh, this part of the globe, hosted by me and this guy over here, Kit Greer. How's it doing? How you going out there? How's a bumpy... How's it doing out there? Um, If you haven't listened to the show before, my name is Rory. This guy's name is Kit. Every week on the show, we investigate a brand new paranormal case and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it is true or whether or not it is false. That's right. A lot of podcasts, you know, at the start will talk about um, how their week's been... They'll talk about how things, just general chit-chat. Mm-hmm. We're very much against that. We we like to get straight into the action here. Oh, yeah. Every it, single week. If I was going to talk about my day for 45 goddamn minutes at the start of the show, I'd call it this bullshit life. <laughs> but it's not, all right? This show is paranormal. You, and told, that's, me, you told me you had a good day. I had sure today was pretty great actually. It was fine. I like I had a really good sleep. I felt refreshed. I went to the gym. I won that money that I told you about. But it's all still bullshit when when you're talking about things outside of the world of the paranormal. Yeah. Fair. I shouldn't have say one because technically it was my uncle that died and it was in the inheritance. <laughs> That's so not winning at all. It yeah. wasn't. It was a big loss for me and the family and um, the, uh, the church choir that he was a part of because he was the only falsetto that they had available. But this show is about the paranormal, not about my dead uncle. So let's dive right into today's show. We got an email from a guy named David McCartney. And he said, hey fellas, just thought I'd write in with a quick suggestion. Have you ever heard of the Hexam Heads? Hmm. In this email, he attached a very strange picture of something that I had never seen before, an illustration of tiny little human heads. Wow, no, never seen that. Never seen it before. David, you had my interest and you'd be excited to know that today we're going to investigate your case. Our story today takes place in 1971, when two young boys named Colin and Leslie Robson were digging in the backyard of their council estate when they hit something hard in the soil. It looked like a small round rock, but when the boys pulled it out and turned it around, they discovered that carved in the rock was a small, strange, human face. Jesus. Well, the boys kept digging, and it wasn't long until they discovered a second stone head. Surely not. Kit, let's look at some evidence right off the bat. Wow. I have a picture, a photograph, of the two heads that were discovered by the boys. I would love to see that. Wow, what we got here is a... Yeah, definitely a photo from the 70s, all right. Things black and white. But we got two hands outstretched, and in both, just almost the exact size of their palms, two rocks that look ancient as all hell. Uh, one on the left is kind of like a lighter color. It definitely looks like the kind of thing you'd see in the British Museum of like a th- thousands of year old sure. human face. Um, and the one on the right looks a little creepier, but um, this is creepy. They kind of look like the, the potato smiley faces that used to eat as a child. Well, the, sure, the one on the left, <laughs> absolutely. It looks, it's a borderline it potato. Looks delicious. The one on the right... Yeah, whenever I would cook them as a child and burn the shit out of them. A little crispy, yeah. Yeah. Now, the boys didn't think much of their discovery. All right? They're 11 years old. Life's a f***ing joke to them. 
They don't have to worry about taxes, curses, ex-wives, cryptids, all the problems that the modern day man has to deal with. They're just thinking about what window are they going to smash first <laughs> exactly. with this tiny missile. So the kids took the stone heads back into the house, but little did they know that wasn't the only thing that they brought back into the house. <gasps> In the following days, the Robson family experienced a number of strange events. The heads would be left alone on a countertop, and in the morning when the Robsons woke up, they'd be facing a different direction, as if they'd moved by themselves. Late at night, they'd hear crashing noises and wake to find objects had been thrown across the room. These heads were trouble, and it wasn't just the Robsons that were suffering. What? Several nights after the discovery of the heads, their neighbor, Ellen Dodd, and her daughter were up late one night, enjoying each other's company when they heard what sounded like someone coming up the stairs. Hello? Ellen cried, confused as no one else should have been in the house. As the footsteps got louder, Ellen noticed that it sounded like claws on a wooden floor. What? It was dark in the hallway, but she heard the stomping of heavy claws coming down the hall, getting louder and louder until it stopped right by the doorway. Ellen and her daughter both screamed ah! as they saw in the shadows a half-man, half-beast lurking in the doorway. What? It seemed unfazed by their screams and walked back down the stairs and out the door. Holy shit. When Ellen finally got the courage to leave the room and check downstairs, she said there was no sign of it anywhere, but the front door had been left wide open. Wow. Things are heating up fast in today's this? case, guys. You you all thought they were going to take the heads in. The heads would do some twisty turnies at night. Maybe one of the, the heads would fall off the countertop. Sure. Maybe one of the boys would get a weird cough. No, day three, night beasts. Night beasts. Breaking into your house, eating your goddamn Cheerios, shitting on your pillow. They're in your house and, and it's it could be because of the heads. We don't know. We cannot state definitively that it's because of the heads, but the night beast sightings up to that point in human history were almost zero. Zero. Yeah. So prior to the heads, zero. After the heads had entered the house, one. One. So there's there is a correlation, I will yeah. say. Interesting about the night beast. We got we got a couple little behavioral things there. So he walked backwards down the stairs. Yeah. He's definitely part man because I don't think beasts, well, certainly dogs can't walk backwards on stairs. Have you ever seen a dog walking down stairs? I, I, no, I haven't seen a dog walking <laughs> They're not good at it. He, not least backwards. He's described as being half man, half beast. I'm presuming it is beast top man bot. No, wait. Wait, what the f*** is he? Wait, is he? does he have naked human legs or werewolf legs? I guess if he's got goddamn claws... He's probably beast bottom man top. It could go either way. He could be a two-faced scenario where it's like <laughs> like the left-hand side is man, the right-hand side is beast. He's got beast knees, <laughs> human shins, beast toes, very human elbows, borderline paranormally human elbows. Beast chin, human cheekbones. Yeah, yeah, they don't go into details. I do hear about, uh, there is talk about, you know, furry sounding paws on the floors, that okay. sort of thing. So I'm assuming if anything, he's uh, beast bottom man top. This is interesting though, that it, 
apparently this was you said this was a neighbor yes this is the neighbor so this isn't even the house is, that had the rocks in it the beast skipped the, the house <laughs> he got the wrong place <laughs> He's showing up looking for the these little rocks. This could be another sign this is not a fully human ter- night terror because a, a human would get the address right, whereas a beast, they might be a couple <laughs> numbers off on the street. It's true. Well, both the families had had enough at this point. It's one thing for the heads to rotate in the night like they're being microwaved, but inviting beast men into the house is a step too far. No, you got to run that by us. The family decided to give the heads to Dr. Anne Ross, who was an expert in Celtic artifacts and had several other stone heads in her collection already. Oh, so stone heads are a pre-existing this is artifact. A thing. Yeah, this is a thing. I wow. don't know if it's directly uh, linked to just Celtic uh, history, but um, Dr. Anne Ross... Start. Yeah, and she seems like a specialist. If you're going to give the heads to someone, she's already got a couple. You find a Pokemon card, you're going to give it to the one, the guy who has a couple Charizards already. You know it's going to be safe with him. Of course, he's got the plastic wallet to keep them in. Yeah, and like the deck holder, those cardboard deck holders. Yeah. They're really cool. You're not going to give it to your mom who's going to use it as like a coaster. Exactly, or a bookmark. What are you thinking, mom? I will never forgive her. The family hoped that by giving them to an expert she could possibly uncover the story of their origin and in turn discover why these strange events were taking place. Always good to get a get a woman or man of science involved in a paranormal case. But Dr. Ross was unaware that she was about to have her shit rocked. <laughs> what? According to her own account, she awoke one morning to see a dark figure, part animal, part man, no. all beast, walking out of her bedroom. She leapt out of bed and chased the figure downstairs, Whoa! where she saw it heading in the direction of the kitchen, but quickly lost track of it. Now, she knew about what had happened to Ellen Ross, the right. first person to see a beast man soon after the stone heads had entered her life. So this encounter didn't seem like a coincidence. That makes sense because she didn't seem very surprised. In fact, she came out swinging as soon as she woke up. It seems like she just went for the nearest weapon and chased the thing outside. In her in her testimony about the event, uh, she did actually say that she was like, I don't know what happened. It was very uncharacteristic of me, but I just felt compelled wow. to chase this thing down the stairs. That's pretty baller, though. Yeah. I mean, you'd be a little bit disheartened if you were the original owners of the rocks and you're like, we got to pass this thing off to a, a person of science. And you check up a couple days later and it's like, hey, did you find out anything about the origin of the rocks? And the doctor's like, oh, I don't know. Why don't you ask the 11 foot night beast that just ran into my kitchen? It's like, all right, I'm going to hang up. <laughs> it's like I was hoping you could maybe tell me the, the period it was from or maybe the part of the world. Maybe it originated. The period it was from was about 25 minutes ago. <laughs> the area under my damn bed. Despite this encounter... Dr. Ross kept the heads for further examination, still hoping to uncover their origin. But that was until a few days later, when Dr. Ross and her husband came home to discover their daughter crying in the corner of the house. When they asked her what was wrong, she said that she unlocked the front door and entered the house that afternoon to witness a large black shape rushing down the stairs towards her. Stopping halfway, the creature vaulted the banister and scuttled down the hallway into the darkness. I mean, vaulting the banister, that was some, like, 
parkour shit you do when you were eight. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of fun when you're that age. It's not that cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's gone from, I think, trying to like intimidate people to just show off how badass he is and yeah. flexible. But this is interesting because now we got uh, a, a third witness, basically, to the same thing. Yeah, because we had them, the original uh, person and their daughter. No, actually, this is four people. Oh, yeah. Because the guess. first time it showed up was a uh, wife and daughter. Yeah. And then second time was a wife. And then third time was a daughter. This and thing loves wives and daughters. <laughs> if there's something we've established on this paranormal life previously, it's that children would never lie yeah. about a paranormal sighting. It's true. Time and time again, we have situations in which adults are oblivious to paranormal happenings. But thankfully, honest children have... Uh, blown the cover on a bunch of amazing paranormal stories sure some of them we've gone on to say are absolutely untrue yeah sure we had to file a couple lawsuits against some of those kids yeah for inflammatory statements but you know they have to learn somehow that they shouldn't lie and if it's through a out-of-court settlement of fifty thousand dollars so be it of course legally you cannot raise those kind of uh, that kind of litigation in the united kingdom but that's why we've set up legal office in it's close to where the commune is is based, um, rumored to be near Barcelona, but uh, I can't give away specifics. But uh, you said too much. It already. is also you said legal way too to much sue already. children. That's why I've called all of my three boys George Washington Jr. because they'll never tell a lie, especially not to their old man. How do you differentiate between the three if they're all called George Washington Jr.? George Adam Washington Jr. Okay. is the number one. He, he, is he the best? He's one of the best. Second to George Adam Washington Jr., the second. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. The second, the I first said. Time. He's called the second. Then I've got George Adam Washington, the third. And you said. And my daughter, who? Georgina. Adam okay. Washington the, the first because there's no other Georgina. there's no other Georginas. You did say this George Adam Washington the first yeah. came only second to George Adam Washington the second. So is yeah. he the best of the he three? He was the best, but actually, to be honest with you, he's a little liar. He will not what? stop. What they won't. It, so it didn't work. It's like a monkey paw wish. I I wished for kids to be like George Washington, and they just got the names. These little bastards lie through their teeth the whole time. They're compelled to do it. They're on, they're on some Ocean's Eleven shit. They are always <laughs> always heisting, and dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> they need me to have 11 of them so they can pull off some sort of bank robbery. But I'm only on number five. You, you only listed four. The fifth, Jorge Adam Washington, the first. Okay. He's the first because there's no other Jorge. Why is he, is he Spanish? We actually had to call him Jorge because he used to lie all the time and tell people okay. he was from Spain. Yeah, he's probably the biggest liar of all of them. So, there are a b- bunch of little so rascals. rather than getting him to stop lying, you changed his name legally? It was easier. It was easier that way. There are a lot to handle. There are a lot to handle. Believing that the presence of the stone heads to be responsible for these events, Dr. Ross passed her whole collection of stone heads along with the Hexam pair to other collectors. She got rid of everything? She got rid of everything. Wow. She cleaned house. That's how bad this this haunting was. She thought it was going to infect the other heads. It's kind of like when my children, George Adam Washington's George 1 through 5, went to uh, the local primary school. Sure. And the, 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 the teachers there said it is easier to evict them and kick them out 
before they infect the other students with their lies. You're like, I'm sorry, what's the problem? I thought they were acing every class. <laughs> you think Dr. Ross had it bad? How about living with five little night beasts, all five foot high, lying nonstop to their old man? Five foot high is pretty tall. What age are they? <laughs> now that I think about it, they might be lying about their height because <laughs> they're pretty small. <laughs> I took them on their word. <laughs> I should have let them ride that roller coaster, man. I think they're lying to me. And at this point, even more specialists became part of the story. In 1977, the heads passed into the care of Don Robbins, a controversial chemist who dabbled in a range of earth mysteries related to things like the magnetic properties of stones. Now, he became convinced that the Hexham heads could prove his stone tape theory. Stone tape? <laughs> stone tape theory. This is actually really interesting. I looked into this for quite a while. This theorized that stone could record events and human emotions and play them back almost like a cassette tape. Whoa. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty cool idea. It's a very cool idea. I, you also don't want to get it confused with something I've talked in the podcast before about, which is stoned ape theory. <laughs> right. Which is, uh, I think, the theory that weed caused humans to evolve or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, which again, that's a, another very interesting theory. Stoned ape theory. Equally wild. Equally wild, equally as cool as the stone tape theory. So how do the stones play back these emotions or events? I guess this this idea is kind of the basis for every paranormal object on okay. earth. You know, you think about a haunted house. Yeah. Some people would theorize that it's the spirit being linked to a location, but these people would theorize that it's actually whatever traumatic event happened in the past, it seeped into the rocks, it seeped into the, the physical materials in the world, and those moments and human emotions play back through time like almost a, like a looping cassette, repeat, and people gotcha. can experience them, which I think is actually a, a very interesting idea. It's fascinating. Stoned Ape, however, theorizes that a bud came to Earth like a meteorite and fell into the jungle where, obviously, the monkeys smoked it. They chilled out for long enough that they stopped fighting each other and made an iPhone <laughs> and got out of the jungle once and for all. Monkey Steve Jobs emerged from the woods, bud in hand, on an early Stone Age prototype of the iPod in the other. Don Robbins kept the heads for some analysis until early 1978. But despite being some time later, he too experienced the curse of the heads. I mean, he had a good amount of time to. Well, first off, his dog got excited and bit one of the heads. <laughs> so even if it was going to be a clean slate, he didn't start off on the right foot. That might be how the beast started, <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> a dog bit the head? It's like, you know, radioactive spider biting Peter Parker. It's like the dog bites the cursed head. So the head grows a beast body? Yeah, there's some, or the there's dog in turns into to, uh, a man beast. There's something there. There's something there. Let's get Marvel on the phone. <laughs> Robbins reported a number of strange events. He said his car died when the heads were near it, and he swore that once he saw the head's eyeballs moving as it followed him across the room. Whoa. But despite all this, he seemed to be unable to connect the objects with any main poltergeist activity interesting he passed them on to another character 
a man called Frank Hyde. And this is the weird part. No one knows where they went. Oh. The heads disappeared off the map. After they gave him the Frank Hyde? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the person who I could find had them last. <laughs> and then the next paragraph is pretty much the heads are gone. No one knows what happened. Maybe they were recalled up to the mothership. Yeah. Maybe he buried them back in the same place they were dug up to hopefully end the cycle of Night Beast. I have no idea. But they disappeared off the face of the earth. Was Frank Hyde at MIB who was, you know, doing a little cleanup operation? He's just a stone head with sunglasses on. Hey, I could take those off your hands for you. <laughs> just um, just place them right here by me. <laughs> what are your thoughts so far, Kit, on the story of these strange paranormal stone heads? It's pretty weird. Uh, I like it. It's creepy. It's like something you, that would be in Indiana Jones. Yeah. We don't really... Oh, we have There's been a lot of cursed objects, but not too many, like, kind of ancient cursed objects. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fascinating and seems like something we should have come across. There's There's loads of ideas out there like voodoo where someone can create a doll and instill a curse in it yeah and you know that curse is nice and fresh and it works and and there's lots of paranormal stories about those kind of things but it's kind of cool and spooky the idea that someone maybe even hundreds or thousands of years ago created a some sort of paranormal item or that's might have come from outer space or who knows where no idea and that turns up periodically throughout history and haunts those who come into contact with it the weirdest thing i find is this link between this half man half beast mm-hmm. you know if it was a giant head that was rolling through the hallways at night there's a bit of link there but it's really hard to to join those two together yeah this is the real meat <laughs> of the story as it were yeah is the night beast because it comes out of left field what does he have to do with it is he the protector of the heads are the heads goddamn sacred uh, is th- does this beast come and claim the lives of anyone who holds the heads? There is a possible theory about where this beast came from. Okay. There is a wolf known as the Hexham Wolf. This was a giant gray wolf that escaped from a zoo in the winter of 1904. <laughs> so we're going so way 70 back. years previous? Se- yeah, about okay. 70 years previously. This thing wreaked havoc on the town. It okay. killed livestock. It terrified locals. It got to the point where people weren't staying out late. Sheep were kept inside at night. Lights on the town remained on. This is how bad... I mean, granted, this is the olden days where a single stray wolf could is like uh, Amber Alert. Yeah. You know, it's like Deathcon 5. The kids don't go to school because there is a wolf Some It's like a fairy tale. There's a wolf in the town. Everyone lock your little piggy doors. Yeah, I mean, the police are trying to take the thing out, but all their weaponry is made of straw for some reason because <laughs> it's back in time. It's like the goddamn nursery rhyme. The wolf's just running around blowing down houses because they're, uh-oh, also made of straw. straw. I don't remember how that how that one worked out. I think the idea was the wolf could do whatever it wanted until they figured out how to make a brick house. But what was the... What were the three houses? Straw was the first one. <laughs> sure. Because he blew that down in like a second. Yeah, in a minute. He didn't even need to knock. He he, he was no, like... No, 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 no. He didn't even try. It was almost out of courtesy that he did the little pig, little pig, let me come in. Yeah, he was yeah, like... Yeah. He didn't even... He, you could see the f-ing pig through the gaps in the straw. Yeah. It wasn't that hard. No. And then uh, the second one was... I, was it just wood? Wood? <laughs> was it just like a timber house? 
I get what kind of beast wolf is this that he's blowing down a log cabin? This is what I'm saying. This is that's insane. At this point, those pigs, the, the first one deserved to die. I think the second what? one pretty much had the right idea though. Yeah. And then the because he should have been safe in the log cabin. He really should have been. Did I don't remember? Did the wolf blow down the house and then eat the pig? Or did the pig run into the second house? Probably in the, like, Disney-fied version, they run into the house. Yeah. Let's be real. In the old-school version, they definitely charged on yeah. brutally. That piglet's squealing. <laughs> shaking about. Yeah. He's, gone, he's going at that thing, like, legs first, so the head is still yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. The wolf's, like, tearing it to shreds. Some of these pigs don't even have houses. They just live on a farm. Someone's collected Some of them the just form. sleep on straw. They're not covered by anything. They're too trusting. You can stay in there, it's fine. Well, eventually a large meeting of farmers from the area was held and the local MP offered a five pound reward Ooh, for the wolf's skin. I could buy a nice little straw mansion. <laughs> also, the Hexham Wolf Committee was set up. Wow. And established to help find, there wasn't a lot going on. There wasn't a lot going on in Hexham at the time. They're establishing so wolf much hunting time, time and effort put into establishing a committee that could have been spent hunting the wolf. <laughs> so many pigs have gone in this time. It escalated to the point where a hunting party of 150 residents showed up to a local school armed no, with we're guns. Dad squad. After hearing the beast was spotted nearby. This is a dad squad, guys. Oh, this yeah. is the Hexham you dad know. squad that was established in 1907 to hunt a single wolf. The wolf was never found. <laughs> they they think it got away. Someone found the body of a wolf, but when they examined it, they were like, this is just a, a regular wolf. This isn't a zoo wolf. Oh. It was like... Oh, it was a wild one. Yeah. It, for, all, for all I uh, have come to understand about this thing, it was enormous. Yeah. It was like a small horse. It does, it does fit in with a lot of the other cryptid stories we come across, though, where it's like, this can't possibly be it. It's nowhere near as terrifying as the one everyone's seen. Yeah, like Dave that. said it had wings. <laughs> this is just a regular wolf. Dave's like, well, I, I can't be sure, but no, I guess it, no, it had wings. I'm pretty sure. Dave has spoken. <laughs> Why do you guys trust Dave so much? He doesn't seem very sure. It's like, plus, I, we found that thing eating pigs, eating the very pigs people said were silence. Who are you that doubts Dave? Kill him. <laughs> what? Dave has spoken. <laughs> Dave's like, now that I think about it, the night beast looked a lot like that guy. <laughs> what? Dave, no. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> take the children too. We can't take any chances. I must retire to my, <laughs> to my straw palace. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. That's kind of where the story ends. Okay. People obviously, um drew links between the Hexham heads and the Hexham wolf. Yeah. Because when the Hexham head showed up, the Hexham wolf beast man showed up as he well. at least started kicking off. It makes sense. But that being said, I mean, there is, there should be no realistic link between these stone heads and the wolf. Before they went missing, you know, it went through the hands of a lot of different scientists and archaeologists and there were a lot of different theories being thrown around, but no one could really specifically pinpoint a area or a region or a time that these artifacts came from, Damn. which was kind of weird because you'd think at least someone would have a bit of an idea, uh, especially if you're giving them to experts who have studied Celtic archaeology and also already have a bunch of stone heads. You'd think that they would have some sort of idea, but 
when you start throwing when you start throwing a, a, a man beast in the equation, you got more priorities. Yeah, you stop trying to date the rocks and you start focusing on staying alive. It's true. So this was kind of a tough one to investigate. Uh, it was a fun one for sure because I love stones and I love monsters, and this is both of my things favorite things coming together. Uh, what are your thoughts, Kit? This is essentially it. We got a really fun story about these stone heads. We got a fun story about the wolf, but it's the connective tissue here that's missing. Yeah. Uh, how do these relate to one another? If we had some mechanism by which this could work, it would make a lot more sense. And then, like you say, this is what's so confusing about the story that we can't even pinpoint this to like some Celtic tribe that wandered England hundreds of years ago and maybe implanted some kind of wolf curse. Uh, right you know because these kind of back in the day uh these were kind of pagan times there's a lot of animal worship and stuff like that yeah there could be some connection there but but these aren't even wolf heads no they're just normal little human heads and without any experts weighing in on this and telling us where these come from they're just goddamn rocks with smiley faces on them pretty much i mean they are creepy as hell they are creepy and you know i understand for these people in this case uh that it was difficult to deal with because you know you get a paranormal book that starts, you know, sp- spewing out ghosts, you burn it. You get a paranormal chair, you smash it. When you have a paranormal rock, you can't burn that thing. Smashing it's already pretty hard. You don't want to let anything spooky out of it when it cracks in half. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing to deal with. It's probably like Jumanji. You throw that thing in the ocean and it's going to wash say. up on a beach playing jungle drums and curse a little boy and turn him into a monkey. <laughs> I haven't seen Jumanji in a long time. <laughs> I think that was the plot. You're so right, though. It's like whoever created that little stone head that's cursed, they didn't want it to be easily destroyed. It's true. They want it to last for a very long time. And it did. It did. We think. We don't know when it was we made. Don't know. We also don't know if it's... We, we're, we don't know whether it's real. Exactly. The boys could have carved it in the sure. back garden and shown it to their mom. It's an interesting case. I'm a little bit disappointed that in a case where we are investigating paranormal rocks, mm. they are missing. <laughs> At least there's a photo. I, the photo is good. Yeah, there, there is, there's some good photos. There's some good sketches done by some people. But I mean, come on. That's the bare minimum is to have the rocks. Yeah. That's like investigating a haunted Kindle. And, it, and and there's no and we can't find the Kindle. You need the Kindle, man. It's too recent. It's too much of an object to lose. Haunted Kindle is such a shit thing to be haunted, isn't it? Like, what, <laughs> what would, would it I... even do? It would just like say creepy shit when you just when you go to read a book, which is what like not very often. Yeah, or I don't know, maybe like it would start putting your name in the book in the place of characters' names. Yeah. Something like that. Actually, I take it back. It's That's awesome. pretty badass. Like, we should pitch that as a movie. That's really cool. This Paranormal Life presents The Haunted Kindle. I loaded up the book, and I could have sworn that I was on page 205, but it said I was on page 207. I completely lost my place, and a large chunk of the story was ruined for me. <laughs> What was that? The Kindle's now on the floor. (gasps) I was sure that I'd been reading Harry Potter's Prisoner of Azkaban, but whenever I booted up my Kindle, it was Harry Potter the Half-Blood Prince. (laughs) But back to the case. (laughs) It's conclusion time. 
If you are somebody who loves all things spooky, then Real Life Ghost Stories podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma. I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. And every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday, I release a mini episode which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners. And every Sunday, we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost Stories wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Oh, it's time. We've talked enough about this case, I think, for us to both make our minds up. You're damn right. And I want to tell you right now, David McCartney, we investigated your case, and I think I speak for Kit when I say that this week is a double no. It's a double no. I'm sorry to say it. Two heads, two no's. But hey, that was a great suggestion sent into thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Hey, Dave, uh, what do you, what, what's your conclusion? Take David away. <laughs> no! Dave, so cruel. But he does deserve it, though, for sending in a bogus story. That's true, yeah. You send a spam, you get offed. That's the This Paranormal Life rule, starting from now. Thank you so much for emailing in that suggestion, and thank you so much for everyone who tuned in to listen to this week's episode. Guys, if you enjoy the podcast, there's a very easy way to show your appreciation. First off, what you can do is go onto iTunes and give us a rating on the podcast store. But make sure it's a good one. I just have to say that because sometimes we just say rate the podcast and we don't specify and then people, honestly, if I'm being Zeros. honest, they, they, I didn't know you could do a zero. A I thought zero. you had to give a minimum of one star. No, they, found yet, they actually hacked the they iTunes hacked store. It. They did. Which is insane. So much effort to be mean. Yeah. So we actually need people to hack up to give us a couple eights out of five just to <laughs> even the playing field. That would be great. F*** it. While we're at it, just give us a 3,000 out of 5. Give us the 100 emoji out of 5. Yes. That would be great. Another way you can show your appreciation is by going to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. We don't run ads on this podcast. We fund it all ourselves. We do it all. We research all this stuff ourselves. You think David McCartney wrote any of this shit? (laughs) He just went, sure. Okay, well, that's a bit of Sent it away right. into the cloud where okay. I had to find it. I had to research okay, it. Well, David, he actually, I shouldn't have even actually shouted him out. I shouldn't have shouted him out. That was a, that was a, that was stupid of me to give no, him any credit he did, for any of this. He found the story. He didn't absolutely fu- find the story. He he, he he took the time out of his day. He had a he had a daydream about it. 
He had like a fleeting thought and I inceptioned my way in and I no, ganked no, no. it. He emailed us he, and you read sure. the email. Yeah, and I read the email. And a lot of this script was from his email. Right. So I, you admit it. He, read, he wrote a large chunk of I it. I adapted it. I adapted it. I think kid. you should right. send him a couple bucks. I really do. Do you credit J.K. Rowling for the Harry Potter movies? What? Do, do you I? credit? Would you yes. credit J.K. Rowling? What the? Why? Of course, she wrote she, every book. She did f- all. What are you talking about? Daniel Radcliffe. That's who I credit them to. He was about 12 Rupert when the first movie came out. How could Grundle he have, or whatever, that's whatever not the f- his name is. You, you don't know anything about the Hermione Watson. All that's three not, of those little wizards, they are name. the ones that made that movie special. They and were all they of were the directors. Too young. They Dumb. didn't write it. Wizard. You are comparing yourself to Rupert Grundle and Hermione, whatever the f***. I'm just saying, look, you need to, we should put more credit on ourselves. We're the ones who created the show. We're the ones, I wrote the the goddamn story. I investigated it. I, it, you know what? This shouldn't, shouldn't even be a plug for the Patreon. This should just be like, send me money in an envelope. Well, it is... <laughs> You, like you it's are my, like it's my birthday this is your patreon this is but i have you. to like i have to like split it with you and right we have like admin costs there is an overhead like sure the equipment and the studio time and stuff so like that all that adds up and i just want to like forget all that and just give it straight to me i feel like when you say forget all that you just mean like you want me to kind of pay for that stuff if you could that would really help no because I actually, I owe David a lot of money because I promised him like a small fee for him to like write up this week's episode. So you commissioned David to write the episode. I gave him so a little, I gave him a little, the episode. He, he, he typed it up. Sure. He typed it up for me and he put it in an email, but I'm the one that read it out and I'm the one that presented it. So I should get the, the cash. How much is his fee? Just because you should clear these things with me beforehand. $1,500. That's a lot of money. It's for someone who you claim didn't do shit. He did a little bit. I'll, I'll, I can, I can go that far to say that he did like a little bit of it. So why did you give him so much money for a little bit? What did you say? Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars, and that was just like the down. You know, payment. we have to do f- really. That was the down payment because he's actually research. Like every, every podcast I've done so far, you're gonna hate me when I say this. Yeah, probably. It was David. It wasn't even me. Yeah, so we do five episodes a month. Yeah. How much are we in the hole? Oh, well, he's kind of been doing it for free up until this episode where I was like, I need a big one here, David. I need a double yes. There's a dry spell of no's. It didn't work. I was like, give me the gold, David. Screw the 1500, three grand on the table. If you can guarantee me two yeses delivered in my inbox. There's no way he's getting the three Gs because- There's no way. David, you're not getting a penny. There's the twist. You said he got a darn payment of 1500. (laughs) You're not getting a penny now. You're not getting a penny more, David. He got got away pretty good. He made a good getaway. Sure. That's most of my bank account. I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. The story wasn't that long. He didn't put that much work into it. I had to- there's a lot of filler involved. The Hexam Wolf never existed. I added that bit on. The whole time we're wondering why there's no connection because, uh-oh, you made it up. So, David, you scammed me. Enjoy your 1500 bucks. As you can tell, guys, we're in the hole. We need your support so I can pay this son of a bitch for next week's episode. You're hiring him again? <laughs> I think he might have something up his sleeve and I want to see. So, David, get in touch. Guys, if this you could, uh, if you have any money to support us, it's on <laughs> patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. 
Uh, you can get shout outs. Do you on want the show? Go straight to the middleman, patreon.com forward slash David, where David <laughs> will be writing this paranormal life episodes for a mere fifteen hundred a month. I really like the idea that this David is the Dave from the local town. <laughs> yes, Rory, I guarantee two yeses. <laughs> Uh, yeah, check it out, guys. You can get shout-outs, shirts, tons of cool rewards, and you help support the show. And if you do support us on Patreon, what we like to do is give you a special shout-out right here on the podcast. Special thank you to Flynn Steven. Flynn is my next of kin. That's right, he is my next of kin. He's my emergency contact. He is everything that I... He's like a, he's like a life vest uh that i just carry with me at all times interesting um have you been doing some dangerous shit that you need an emergency contact for thousand percent man i'm a i'm a paranormal podcaster every day i live is is a day where i can die yeah because you did blackout yesterday i tried calling the emergency contact it was just under f steven and they didn't pick up they actually hung up they actually one dial oh man flynn you gotta pick up man i'm telling you it's a good thing you came too, because what would we have done? It's true. Thanks also to Chloe Burton. Chloe Burton, the human curtain. No <laughs> light gets through Chloe. Uh, it's weird. She's like a black hole. Yeah, she's just like a human shadow. She's like the shadow from Peter Pan or some shit. She's all Whoa. shadow. Oh my god. So that's not just no light gets through her. No light you started actually with reflects because, off her. Right, because no light gets through pretty much any human. That's not paranormal. That's just kind of how humans work. But you're saying she's a shadow monster now? Yeah, that's pretty a lot much. weirder. Well, okay. the human curtain, because that rhymes better than shadow monster. Of, of course, yeah. Wow. Thanks also to Rob Evans. I'm Robin Evans. About five bucks a month. Rude. But in return, I'm giving him a little something, something. I'm giving him a little bonus content. Okay. I'm giving him a shout out. You know, it's like. It's like a serial killer leaving like a rose on the scene of the crime. Sure, you doesn't make someone, up for but, what he did. But yeah. it's a nice, ro- but it's a nice gesture. It's still a nice rose. Exactly. Thanks also to Jody Reese. They call her Explodey Jody because uh, her weird little hobby is to go into libraries at the weekend and just scream. Oh, so yeah. like emotionally explode? Yeah, not not physically ex- explode, but just okay. Yeah, that wouldn't work. You know, smash things up. Just, I think she just gets a kick out of interrupting other people's days. That's pretty funny to think of her walking into a library and then going, "No, not this week, <laughs> Jody. Get get out, <laughs> get out." Thanks also to Nicole C. Deloac. Nicole C. Stole my knees. What? That's right, we were at the park one day, I dozed off for one second, woke up with no knees. You dozed off at the park? Yeah, with Nicole. In we company? Were just enjoying the sun, I thought, I'm with Nicole, I'm safe. I woke up without any knees. And you weren't safe. I was very, I was not very safe at all. I actually dozed off to the sound of her sharpening a blade. Uh, I think just the rhythmic cleaning of it just, just put me to sleep. And I woke up with no knees. What does that what does that mean for you going forward? Well, I'm shorter. Okay. <laughs> for a start, which f-ing sucks cuz I was about 6 and now I'm not. You weren't 6. You were, you were you I was were about fu- I was about 6, now I'm 4 foot 3. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that I don't think you were I definitely was. I definitely cats. was. No, no, I definitely I was definitely 6 beforehand. I'm 4 now. I don't know how that works, but I definitely was 6 foot beforehand. That's your torso would be it would have to be like an she would have to ha- i'd have like, to be all have knees no legs. yeah <laughs> well now nicole is all knees now she's probably selling them on the black market 
Thanks also to Stuart Bailey. Stuart Bailey hurts daily. He has some weird-ass Benjamin Button disease where even though he is a young man, he has the body and bones of a thousand-year-old mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day is just, oh, getting out of bed hurts, going to bed hurts, eating my cereal, hurt, everything hurts daily. Jesus, that sounds just awful. It is. But hey, I'm glad we can, uh, you know, brighten up your day a little bit, bud. He looks like an elite college athlete. But he sounds like this. <laughs> Slow down, you little whippersnappers. Thanks also to Joanne Berg. Joanne Berg, inventor of the Joanne Burger. Wow. That's, that's right. It's a, a good burger, I seem to remember. It is. It's your classic burger with a little twist. She adds a little cheese to it. Burger's always a cheese. No, that's a cheeseburger. Not so, just a burger with cheese. So it's a cheeseburger? No, it's a... Bur- Look, she has this discussion. Every single customer is like, can I get a hamburger? It's like, sure, comes a little bit of cheese. Like, a cheeseburger? No, it's a Joanne burger. Right. It's a big argument they have back and forth. I mean, I, I seem to remember it was like a decent burger. I don't think it... it does it necessitate like this amount of discussion? She would disagree. And I would disagree. Sure. Ungrateful. You try and give someone a free burger and they don't appreciate it. You see in this drawing? Are there free burgers? No, there's no free burgers. She charges up the nose for them. That money's got to come for somewhere for all that little bit of cheese. Thanks also to Thomas Burtner. Well, if it isn't Thomas Burtner, the human curtainer, uh, oh. this guy installs curtains, but uh oh, they're shadow people. Really? So you hire him. You need. You got some beautiful windows. You want to put in some nice matching curtains. He comes around. You know, he's like, "Oh, you guys go take a walk or like make a cup of tea. I'll have Weird. these things up shortly. You come back, shadow people, overrun your house." Why would anyone Just pay like for this service? Well, they His pay because they, they think must be ground zero. Yeah. But do you always check the reviews? No, I usually exactly. just look them in the eyes. And if they're trustworthy, they get the curtain job. And that is why we have no curtains and many shadow people it's very true. in the studio. Thanks also to Jim Troy. I can't even be Jim to thank you enough. But I'm going to Troy. I'm going to Troy my hardest. Thank you for your support. I don't know where to big Jim, honestly, but... uh. Your support means we can do this every week uh, and try our hardest. And you're, you're the reason that we're still here. So thank you. Thanks also to Brandon Langley. Brandon Strangley Langley. Oh, this isn't going to be good. He, uh, don't worry. He wasn't sure. He was incarcerated for... Uh, I mean, Strangling? A lifetime in the 80s uh, for... I mean, I don't want to go into it, but some pretty unsavory stuff. But he is reformed. He is different. He, I mean, you can't shake that nickname, let's be honest. But he's uh, he's a contributing member of society now. And sure, it's kind of hard to get a job on the outside. So yes, he is, he, he, he is in pest control. He's putting his talents to good use. He, he Strangling strangles animals? the beasts. That's oh, right. Jesus. Uh, but it keeps him off humans, you know? It's a pretty good idea. I thought you were going to say you you know, hire him to get rid of a pest in your house and when you come back, shadow people everywhere. That's right. Right, yeah. Thanks also to Terry Winchester. Terry Winchester, the gin tester. Ooh. That's right. Terry's known in their local town as the gin tester. Hmm. Terry can just walk into any shop, grab a bottle off the rack and start chugging. 
That doesn't sound like testing. It just sounds like <laughs> alcoholism. It's a blurry line. Very blurry line. <laughs> Especially after a couple bottles. Because Terry... Terry's not a good drinker. Well, normally testing is like you take a sip and then you, in, in fact, normally you spit it out so that you don't get drunk. Not Terry's style. Okay. Not Terry's style. You, you're saying finish the bottle? Oh, yeah. Okay. Usually have a little nap. That's extreme. As well, in the booze so you're aisle. you're not even writing any notes down. You're not actually reviewing it. It's a good life. Thanks also to Andres. Andres, we need you to undress because here in the Paranormal Commune, we do have uniforms. Right. You can wear a This Paranormal Life black t-shirt with the white triangle, which sure. is available on Patreon. That's true. You can wear fresh, pristine white robes, or you can wear the see-through raincoats from Blade Runner. Those <laughs> are the only three options. Sure. And unless you're wearing one of those, you get booted out. And I know what you're saying. You're seeing a lot of shadow people running around the sure. commune. And zero curtains. A lot of them. They're not wearing the, the uniform, but they're honestly a little hard to control. Yeah. And we let them do their own thing. An old strangly isn't picking up his phone, so it's hard to get the situation under control. So if you would just please pick a uniform, yeah. you can continue the initiation. Thanks, lastly but not leastly, to Steven Siegel. You know, sometimes you can just tell from someone's name w- what they do. Maybe, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the name's Smith. And you're like, oh, yeah, you would have been a blacksmith. Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. Um, uh, Steven, I, I can see right through your name. C. Gill, you were a fish. fish. That's a fish right. fish in a past life. First went through all seven seas, just taking in the sights. And then one year, you just thought, F- it, I'm going to try out this human shit. Just blooshed out onto land and it's been history ever since and a great path that has led you straight to this paranormal life thank you to everyone that we shouted out and everyone who listened to this week's podcast i hope you enjoyed it and we will as always be back next tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale